Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. I don't believe they will. 
I think the Rangers are getting in. And unfortunately, I think the Blue Jays are going to get in and then lose immediately. But I think the Blue Jays are going to get in. But I don't trust Houston. I trust Bruce Bochy more than I trust Houston. As far as the East, well, it is what it is there. The Yankees had a shot. It was mathematical, but they had a shot. But they Blue Jays winning the night because now it doesn't matter. But overall, I think this is going to be some very interesting playoffs. Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking last week, and you had a four-game series with uh, Baltimore and Tampa. And Tampa got the first two to pull even with the race, but Baltimore won the next two to kind of face it back out a little bit. The Baltimore Orioles are really pushing. It's a very fun story uh, to end up with the best record in the American League. Tampa looks like they're going to have that first wild card right there. Uh, I just, you know, Toronto is just such a tough team to figure out, Taylor, because they play really good against some teams, and then they, you know, lose a four-game series at home against Texas. They lose all four of them, right? And so uh, now what can they do in this last in this last week? And you're probably going to be missing Vladimir Guerrero, at least for a few of these games. So, uh I still think there's a possibility we could see all three of these teams from uh, from the West, but we'll see. It looks like uh, whoever the third wild card is is going to get the Twins while the first two hook up in the playoffs. I agree. Can you? Sorry, what's up? My my kid popped his head in. I was like, "What's going on there?" Uh, so. Pretty much, that's that's all we're really looking at in the American League. There's not really any extra teams there. Uh, nobody else is going to catch them. The Yankees have surpassed the uh, the Red Sox to get out of the cellar in the AL East. But pretty much everything is uh, those two division races. It's kind of fun to see that many teams. You know, three teams are in a game with a week left to go. So we'll see. Definitely see how that shakes out. It gets real interesting, though, Chandler, over in the National League because so many spots, and it looked like the Diamondbacks were about to fade out again. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It looked like they were about to fade out again. Yeah, I got you. They they went into a series against the Cubs with back of their rotation. I'm getting an echo for some reason. I don't know what's going on here. with the with the back of their rotation coming up, and the Cubs had the the top of their rotation lined up, and the Diamondbacks were able to sweep that series. So they vaulted back into right now the second wild card spot. Cubs are right there. The Marlins are only like a, like a half a game to a game out, and the Marlins get the Mets and the Pirates to close their season. So. It's going to be interesting. I see Cincinnati's still a game out. I pretty much think the Giants are going to be done. But you have Philadelphia right now. And they haven't quite clinched that top wild card spot, but they're right there. It looks like Milwaukee is going to win that Central. So then we got two more spots for Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati or Miami. Cincinnati. The four teams all 
pushing for those uh, last two spots? What are you watching last for in the National League, Tim, or any of these stories where teams really jump out to, at you? Now, I'm, I want to see what the because you'll have a shot. That's the chance I was looking at. Uh, bearing talk, I'm trying to get my working for some reason. You hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. It sounded for a second like you were fading out. Like you sounded a little faint there. Uh, oh, you got me now? I think so, yeah. So tell me again what you said. Tell me again. Oh, I asked you what teams you were looking at. I, I, tell I, me what you, what you said again. That's the Basically, for me, it's it's Arizona. I want to see what they do. I think if Arizona gets in, I think they're the most exciting team that would be in the playoffs, honestly, because um, Atlanta Dodgers is kind of doggone boring. Yeah, the, the fun thing about Arizona, like I said, a huge win, series win for them, even considering they had just pitched uh, you know, Zach Gallon and um, Merrill Kelly in the previous two games, and for them to go in and to Chicago and sweep that series with the back end of that rotation, that was big for them. This team runs all over the place. They got a lot of team speed. They're really exciting. They're young. Uh, this team would have to play <clears throat> the Philadelphia Phillies in the first round, which would be, in, in my opinion, a very highly entertaining wild card series. Uh, the winner of that series would play the Braves. And let me tell you something. As good as Atlanta has been this year, you know, they just they just beat Philly four out of seven in a two-week stretch. But uh, pretty much almost every game that they won was very competitive. All but one of the games that they won and all but one of the games that Philadelphia won was pretty competitive. This Philly team has a lot of components. They're going to be uh, a matchup problem again in the playoffs. Whichever team, whoever comes out of that Philly-Arizona wild card series, if that's how this ends up playing out, uh, the team that's sitting and wait for them better get them early in that series or better put a stranglehold on that series because you're going to come out and you're going to be able to throw your ace and your number two guy against the back of that rotation. At least they're not going to be able to throw their best guy till at least game two, right? So uh, it, you better take advantage because 
Uh, Wheeler and Nola have the ability to be really good, though Nola pitched well yesterday. He has not been great in September. The only thing that's really been good for him is his strikeout-to-walk ratio. But in the postseason, he's turned in some pretty good postseason games. But Philly and Arizona both, man, uh, those those are going to be uh, interesting teams to watch come playoff time. And I agree yeah, with you, Dodgers. I, so. I agree with you, Dodgers. Kind of boring, uh, but man, this was supposed to be a transition year for them as they were letting some of their young players play to see how they fit in, to see what they were going to do or who they were going to add to Mookie and, and Freddie Freeman and, and future seasons. But uh, man, this team—they've had injuries throughout the rotation. They've had injuries in the bullpen. Uh, they've just still been able to cobble it together, and they're the second best team in the National League. Uh, you know, I said earlier this year, if you were going to get them, this was the year to get them. But they're still uh, they're still in the postseason and at least going to have a bye. Now, keep in mind, last year both of the two teams that got in the National League, both of the two teams that got sort of buys and didn't have to play, both got beat in that division series. Uh, by the wild card winners, right? And so those teams went on to play in the LCS. That could very well happen again this year. Yeah, I agree. It, it's uh, actually, I think it's going to be really interesting what goes on in the, in the National League far more so than the American League. And one other thing I want to say before we get off the National League is, <clears throat> if somebody from the left side like Rowdy Tellez or Carlos Santana or somebody can hit a little bit for them, and they got Yellick back. If they can hit enough, Milwaukee, especially in a short series, could be a problem. Uh, Brandon Woodruff has been really good uh, since he's come back. Uh, you got Corbin Burns. You still got Freddie Peralta. Milwaukee can pitch, and uh, you know you you know the saying: you're only as good as your next day starting pitcher. So uh, that Milwaukee matchup could be very tricky for somebody uh, in the first round as well. And that's a team that. You know, the longer the series gets, maybe the more they their offensive deficiencies get exposed. But uh, Milwaukee is not a fun team to have to play in either a three-game series or even a short five-game series, uh, just simply because they do have some firepower on, on the mound. Yeah, I just don't trust Craig Council. And when it comes to Milwaukee, I don't trust him because he's a slave to analytics. And he's a guy like Dave Roberts that will cost his team a playoff series before he wins them a playoff series. Because you can say what you want about, oh, the Dodgers won with Dave Roberts. The Dodgers won in spite of Dave Roberts, not because of him. And I think it's the same thing with Milwaukee. They're winning in spite of a manager who's a slave to numbers versus uh, because of that manager who's a slave to numbers. Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't say with, uh, because of Dave Roberts. I just think despite all the injuries they've been able to to cobble things together in L.A. And I will say this. I do think that that team sometimes finds a way to get a lot even out of their veteran players. Jason Hayward looks rejuvenated. Uh, I mean, you think, um, you know, Chris Taylor was probably pretty close to being out of baseball. So was Max Muncy when they go to L.A. And they ended up, you know, really being productive pieces for this team. You know, uh, think about even a few years back, uh, how good was Justin Turner as a man? Yeah, because when they get to L.A., L.A. already has the star guys. So even though these guys with names where they were, they're not asked <coughs> – excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. They're not asked to be that with the Dodgers. 
you know, the Dodgers already had Mookie Best. They already had some big-name guys. They had Clayton Kershaw. So all Jason Hayward had to come in there and do was just be Jason Hayward, you know, the same guy he was before he got to Chicago. You know, right. that Jason Hayward was a really good complimentary player. He wasn't expected to hit 35 to 40 home runs and be the centerpiece of the offense. So when he got to L.A., all he had to do was go back to being who he had always been. Nobody expected anything from Justin Turner. So everything he gave them was a bonus. You know, same for Max Muncy. If you look at the guys they bring in, these veteran guys who people say, oh, this guy's done, they bring them in and say, listen, man, we ain't asked you to come save nothing. We really don't need you. So just play. That's it. And when you have that type of freedom to just play, it's really nice, you know, because then you can relax. It's kind of like why so many guys, when they go to certain New York teams, if you're getting a lot of money or what people can perceive to be a lot of money, now you're supposed to be the prime version of yourself. This dude, you know, you, you got the guy 700 years old, man. He's not going to be the prime <laughs> version of himself. Okay? He's not. And also, let's not forget, it's not like the Dodger fans are – they're not like East Coast fans. Okay? So because the name came in, eh, they're still going to arrive late and leave early. <laughs> so it is oh, what it sure. is. Uh, that's, that's definitely a fact. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. They're gonna show up. They're gonna show up late. They're gonna leave early to try to beat traffic. You know, everybody's got the same idea. So you ain't really beating traffic anyway. You might have got home sooner if you had stayed for the balance of the game. But no, that's, it's like they put these guys in position to be to be successful. Uh, and I mean, how? How Chandler, with all the the pitching injuries on the pitching staff, how is it that Tampa has still found a way to be right there and still going to be the top wild card team in this in these playoffs? Uh, because they play um, sound baseball. When you catch the ball, right, and you put the ball in play, it's amazing what happens. It's amazing. What happens? You know, even um, if you look at uh, you look at some of the guys that they have there, like Taylor Walls, for instance, right? All I kept hearing about Taylor Walls was he couldn't hit to save his life. He can't hit to save his life. He can't hit to save his life. Yet they ran him out there every day. Every day they put him on the field somewhere, mostly shortstop. But every day he was on the field because they said, we don't give a damn if you hit and catch the ball. Right. That will come. Catch the ball. That gives a player confidence knowing that he doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer in three games. And and the contrary to that is pretty much every young player the Yankees had brought up this season until the last three weeks. Estevan Florio has been hitting really well with the Yankees because he's getting to play every day. Over the past couple of years, the Yankees would bring him up. He would get one game where he got four at-bats. Over the next six games, he might get four at-bats total. And then they would say, well, he's striking out because you're letting them play. Right. Tampa lets guys play through the slump. Let them play through the downtimes, through learning the damn strike zone. And all they ask them to do is be fundamentally sound. 
that's it. When you have a team that's fundamentally sound, you're going to be in every game. And now you're playing against teams that aren't fundamentally sound, they're going to make a mistake before you do. So all well, you have well, to do is keep it close. And, and when you catch the ball, you won't keep the damn game close. Well, think about Houston had a revolving door in center field. They had Marisnik, who's moved on. McCormick's been playing out there. They played. They had Jose Siri, who goes to Tampa, and I think he's injured now. But Jose Siri had put up twenty-some home runs this season. He's supposed to be mm-hmm. a speed guy, but uh, they let him come around. And you know that's one thing Atlanta did when they brought up Mike Harris last year. They were not happy when they were getting in center field with Adam Duvall because he's not a center fielder. And they knew Michael Harris could get the ball to, to go get the ball. So they bring him up first part of June. They say, you know what, kid, go get the baseball. Everything else you give us with the bat is gold. But just go get the baseball. We're gonna bat you nice. We're gonna leave you right there, and the bat will come. We're not worried about it. We just want you to go get get the baseball in center field and improve our outfield defense. And sure enough, the guy wins rookie of the year. This year, first month of the season, really struggles. But he's going to finish the season somewhere in that 280, 290 range, 2020, you know, and have another good year. Because they just put him in. We're not asking you to come in and be a middle-of-the-order guy. We're not asking you to be a feature guy. We just want you to go catch the baseball and then let your back come when it comes. And you know, it, it, it's a funny thing that happens when when, when teams uh, simplify the game sometimes for these guys and give them, you know, it's what we want you to do or, you know, put them in the best positions to succeed. I, I think that goes back to the, the comment of uh, sometimes it's as much fit as it is player, right? You get in the right place in the right organization. Uh, you have a chance to succeed. I don't know that Chris Turner – I'm sorry, Chris Taylor would have stuck in the league nearly as long as he has if he hadn't landed in L.A., right? Like, but he's been a big piece of that team for the last several years, partially because he can play anywhere you need him to and partially because at times he can hit a little bit, right? But he's been uh, a good utility guy for that team for several years now. Uh, and he – you know, was pretty close to being out of a job before he went over there. Right? Well, who, so, who, who's running the Dodgers? Andrew Friedman. Where did Andrew Friedman come from? Tampa. Or what do they do in Tampa? They let players be who they are. They don't ask yep. them to be anything other than who they are. Just be who you are, and that's good enough. It's funny how that works, man. That's all I'm saying. So let's uh, switch. Let's switch gears, Chandler, and uh, let's go to football. I want to start uh, in the college ranks first. Uh, let's start with the on the field stuff. Uh, we have. Oh no, we start with Mel Tucker. If, if we do a college, okay. we start with Mel Tucker. Uh, okay, we, go we, ahead. We're not I'm going to step back and just let you cook on this. So you go ahead. We're not doing that. So I said when this stuff first happened, right, which was about two weeks ago now, I said at that point, Mel Tucker needs to shut up and go away. Here's the timeline. 
for people that 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 then where I'm about to just go in on this clown. When this story got released, the only person it benefited was Mel Tucker, which means that he's the one who released this to the media. She filed the sexual harassment in 2022 is when she notified the university of a sexual harassment claim against Mel Tucker, 2022. Not 2023, 2022. Okay, where Mel Tucker's team was going down in flames because she was busy on the phone, you know, instead of coaching his team. Um, so where this timeline starts. So if she was really out for publicity or anything else, we would have already heard about this. If Michigan State University wanted to use this as cover to get out of the contract, we would have heard about it in 2022. We wouldn't have heard about it in 2023. The reason it came out in 2023 was Mel Tucker saw which way it was going, which is he was going to lose his job. Because it, this does not benefit Michigan State University for this to be in the papers. Think about the fact that Michigan University had to bring back Mark D'Antonio, who should be nowhere near a football team with the way he's handled sexual assault allegations when he was the head coach there. This is a university uh, that protected Larry Nasser for decades. This is a university that, that has a terrible record. Coaches of their sports teams dealing with sexual assault allegations. I'm including that clown Tom Izzo in this too. So this don't benefit Michigan State University, this being in, being public. Certainly doesn't benefit Brenda Tracy because all people are going to say is she, oh, she, she lying. She could have video. She could have Jesus Christ saying, I saw it. People still call her a liar because that's what happens when a woman says she was sexually assaulted, especially when, you, when we're dealing with sports, whether it's athletes, coaches, whatever. First thing, the fans of, of whoever that team, that person, whatever team that person plays or coaches for or manages is, oh, that person's a liar. So the only person that could have benefited, and I say could have, benefited from this being public is Mel Tucker. So he or someone in his circle leaked this. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Michigan State University is a state university. It's a state university. That means he's an employee of the state of Michigan. And I'm pretty sure that the state of Michigan has some rules against you using their equipment for purposes that are not connected to your job. And I'm pretty sure that part of his job as a head coach is not to have phone sex while he's in his office on, on the state of Michigan's time. Okay? So right off the rip, right off the rip, that's a fireable offense. Now let's talk about morals clauses in your contract. There's morals clauses in all of these big-time coaches' contracts. If you do something that is going to discredit or embarrass the university, if you do something that they consider to be immoral, and by the way, cheating on your wife is something that they consider to be immoral, especially if it becomes public, which, is, which then again discredits and embarrasses the university, and also the state of Michigan, that's a fireable offense, okay, for cause, which means that $80 million you got left in your contract, you're not going to get. So right off the rip, Mel Tucker's a dumbass, right off the rip. You put it out there, and then you said it was consensual when I was sitting in my office using Michigan State University's, the state of Michigan's telephone, 
system and their computers for immoral reasons that are going to discredit university. Then he says, oh, it's, 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 he intimates that it's because of the color of his skin. Really, dude? Really? I'm pretty sure that the number of black head coaches, black head football coach University of Michigan is, is two or less. I haven't done that particular research because I don't have to. I know it's two or less. So if they want to get rid of you, just, they never would have damn hired you and give you a 10-year contract. But, okay, then it's, oh, there's other things at play. And now he wants to take medical leave. Um, what, what medical issue you got, man, besides the fact you can't keep your hands out your pants while you're on the phone? That's not a I medical issue, I got a issue, spasm bro. in my hand. I got a carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not a medical issue. You a grown-ass man. You're over 50 years old, and you're acting like a 60-year-old horny teenager. And he won't shut up. There's also a clause in his contract that says he can't say anything negative about, the, about Michigan State University if they're in some kind of dispute. He is going out of his way to say that. This is in his contract, man. You keep doing things to break your contract, and then you're trying to play, oh, I'm the victim. You're not a victim, Mel Tucker. You're a clown. You're not a victim, Mel Tucker. You're a dumbass. Because even if, and it strains, it strains any sort of any credibility to say that if this was consensual. But let's say that in somewhere in the MCU uh, multiverse that this was consensual. I just laid out how you broke at least eight clauses in your damn contract. At least eight clauses in your contract, even if this was consensual. So at what part are you the victim? And where are you the victim? And here's the other piece. See, this is the stuff that people don't notice. Usually, when Rick Pitino got caught screwing his subordinate's wife, in a restaurant that he had the, the owner closed because he was Rick Pitino. And then she tried to blackmail him, and he had basically told his subordinate, I'm going to be sleeping with your wife, but ain't nothing you can do about it. But here's your paycheck. You can stay on the staff. How many coaches came to his defense? A whole bunch. Art Bryles. You had people still trying to hire Art Bryles. Okay? Think of some of these coaches that have gotten in trouble. Bob Huggins can't stop drinking and driving. And you still got people trying to defend him. Tell me the coach that has defended Mel Tucker. Tell me the player that has come out and said, that's not the Mel Tucker I know. Tell me the coach that coached with him that has said, I don't believe that about Mel Tucker. You can't name one. And when no one is willing to step up for your character, even when you... Let's, dude, even when they know you wrong, and we've seen it, people who, listen, they got caught on video, people still try to defend them. Who's trying to defend Mel Tucker? Anybody? So what did that tell you? They all knew he was a creep. It's just like Deshaun Watson. When all the stuff came about Deshaun Watson, the only person who tried to even say something positive about him was Dabo. Not one player. Not one former coach, not his, his second-grade teacher, nobody said a good thing about him. They all like, I don't know what you're talking about. Sean who? I don't know him. Mel Tucker needs to shut the hell up and go away. 
You've cost yourself $80 million. You've cost yourself your marriage. You've cost yourself the ability to coach anywhere, NFL, uh, CFL, uh, the European League. Do they still, do they still have the, 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 the Europe League, the football, the Europe football League? You know what I'm I saying? I don't know. I don't even know if he's Coach Pop Warner. Who's going to let him near any impressionable child at this point? Once you can hit on their mom and sexually harass them? Come on, son. This is ridiculous, man. And the fact that it's taken Michigan State this long to get rid of this man, again, speaks to the fact that why they didn't want to send a paper. Because here's what they wanted to do, okay? What they wanted to do was quietly find a way to buy him out so he wouldn't make a fuss. He probably would have got like $30 million. Everybody would have signed non-disclosure agreements, and they would have sent him on his way. And then he could have got a job at the NFL and tried to resurrect his career as some damn talking. He keeps talking. You have, you have, you have a child, right? Mike? Yep, I sure do. I sure do. How do you know when your kid is actually lying to you? Like when you caught him in something, how do you know when he's lying to you, when he won't stop because talking? Because he keeps talking. Because he keeps talking. He just keeps talking. And you sitting there like, dude, you really should stop talking now. He's like, no, you don't understand. This is what really happened. And you sitting there like, you need to stop talking. <laughs> no, talk I just heard you change your story like three times. I know something's not right. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing? Fire this man already. Now, he has until the 26th, 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 26th of September to tell them why he shouldn't be fired for cause. I don't know who's advising him, right? They need, he needs to fire them. Go get someone who's going to tell him, bruh, shut up. Maybe, just maybe, you might get a couple dollars. So you can get you a studio apartment after your wife takes the house and the car and the bank accounts and, and the 401k and the IRA. Maybe you'll have enough and to get you a studio apartment. And the 15 million you already got. Well, and, and honestly, <laughs> oh, yeah. honestly, he needs to keep his mouth shut and not hire anybody else because he probably doesn't need to be taken on any other expenses. But to me, <laughs> here's the thing, Chandler. This, this is the thing that, that, that bothers my mind because it was said last night on the Cars Cookout every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, that by one of the chefs that maybe there's some, some, some truth to Mel Tucker's side of this, which blows my mind that, that there's even uh, sort of that view out there right now. Uh, this is a person that was brought in because she was a survivor of sexual assault, okay? So she's a survivor of this. So she's brought in to speak to the team to try to help young men not make those same kinds of mistakes. She's already been subject to predators previously. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been a survivor of anything in the past. So why would you, 
as an as a much older man then decide to try to pursue any kind of personal relationship. I read where he said, well, there have been lots of things that was that was uh, consensual. I got her some gifts and other stuff and things that she liked and she even suggested at times and whatever. Uh, okay, sure, even if that was consensual. Why are you doing that? First of all, you're a married man. Second of all, once again, this is a person who is a survivor of sexual assault. Why would you even put yourself in a situation to even broach any kind of personal type of relationship of any kind of level of intimacy with this person? I I, I just don't, I don't understand why you would step out on that kind of terrain in the first place. Now, the the call I heard about, this phone sex call or whatever, was 30-some-odd minutes in a hotel. Well, congratulations, because you just paid more than $2 million a minute. Um, <laughs> boy, that's, a, that's an expensive – I mean, listen, I, back in the day, what, what it used to be, one nine hundred, I think – yeah. I don't think any yeah. call, I don't think any calls cost that much. Wow! Like yeah. two million per minute. Listen, wow. um, he's a clown. Cr- we got uh, crazy to me. We got somebody in the queue, Mike. Uh, so I'm gonna bring him in. Uh, let's see, hold on. How do I do? Oh, there we go. What? Why won't this? There it is. Uh, six six zero zero. Go ahead. Ah, uh, how are you, man? What's going on, man? Okay, who am I speaking to? Enjoying the roundtable gumbo. What you got on your mind tonight? How are you, man? I'm calling in from Miami. It's my first time listening to the show. Uh, just want to get familiar with you guys. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys were talking about the WNBA a second ago. Is that was if if I'm if I'm mishearing? No, we were talking about the clown Mel Tucker, but we about to get to the W in a sec. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, oh, man. Well, you. You're welcome to listen in. What's your name? Sorry? What's your name? Oh, my name is Dave. Hi, Ooh, welcome Dave, to the show, thanks Dave. Thanks for calling in and, and joining us if, if, as we get through certain topics. If you want to weigh in on something uh, that we talk about, you're welcome to uh, to give your thoughts as well. We we enjoy calling participation, too. Thanks for calling in to Roundtable Gumbo and being part of it. Uh, hope you'll check out our other shows as well throughout the week that we have going on and be part of the Sports City Chefs community. But thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. Oh, we got uh, another caller, Mike. Let's let's bring in uh, 1933. Huh? I keep clicking in the wrong place. 1933. Go ahead. What do you mean, go ahead? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This number come ahead. up, man. Uh, you know I got traumatic brain injury. I don't remember numbers wrong with you, son. No, you know, you don't. You call me. You call me. You call me. Don't don't act like that. Like it that. says your name. It doesn't give me the number. <laughs> I, I, I saw a post a while back, and it said, I wonder what the part of my brain that used to memorize phone numbers is up to these days, because we have it all in our phones now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, our, that's our big brother, uh, T.P. Timeless. Uh, Ty, you want to jump actually, in on the Mel, actually, clown Mel Tucker, or you want to jump in on the W? I'm actually the little brother out of all three of us. Um, 
where where are you? Because I just called in the Mel Tucker. I, oh. I wanted to hear your rant on the Mel Tucker situation. That's what I really called in. But um, what oh, what stuff? Or, 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 damn. And what 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 um <laughs> what W what W were you talking about? Uh, the WNBA because the playoffs is going. Them playoffs have been off the chain, oh, okay. bro. Girl. My girls, my girls, do they think? Okay, so Connecticut advance. We we about to go to war with y'all. It's New York. It's the battle. Yep. It's, it's the yep. border. The border. Yep. We, we going at it. We about to we about to go at it. We about to go at it. But um, we ain't beat New York all season, so I'm mad about that. But um, I I, I feel I feel good about Connecticut's chances because they got to the finals last year. And that's the one thing about Connecticut's son is they keep making runs to the finals, but they can't bring one back. And um. The way that the team has been playing this year, they've been playing good, but it's, they got it's almost like the women's curse. They they got a curse going on. They can play as strong as they can, but as soon as they get to the finals, it's something. And it's going to take a strong team to knock off Vegas, but I, I feel like whoever come out to either give them a strong shot, whether it's New York or Connecticut, the, both teams are strong enough to make that an interesting series, but the Aces are they're tough as heck right now. So, But that, that's just you know, um, a nutshell. I'm, I'm that series with the Mystics. I know they won it in two games, and somebody I forget who it was who said it. They need to start making these series five game series because right, right, right. That course, Liberty I Mystics agree. series. I agree. Listen, Lata- listen, agree. Natasha Cloud. She could play on my team any day. Let me mm-hmm. be real clear. She miss me with the whole thug nonsense. That that person can ball. All right, because she was giving people the business out there. All right, she. They, they are the reason. They are the reason that the Mystics had any shot in that series by themselves. Damn near single-handedly beat the Liberty in that second game. All right, <laughs> listen. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, it was a walkover in one game. The other game was pretty close. The the Suns, the Connecticut series was a really good series. Um, these these games are not getting enough pub, honestly. But if you want to see some high-level playoff basketball, I'm telling you, you better check it out. You better check it out because, I honestly, I believe either one of the Liberty or the Aces easily, easily get knocked out in this next round. I don't know about the Aces, and I don't want to say easily. No, they, 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 anybody could be beat, but the Aces would be a it is it, they lose they're they're strong in the post. Um Asia and all of them, they they got uh, plum, they they do it all with the aces. So it's gonna take a real tough team to play discipline all game long, all series long to knock them off. But the Liberty and the Sun, I feel like this is gonna be one heck of a series and um I think one thing that Connecticut gotta focus on is, is one, stay away from being injured because that's what's been setting them back. But two um, they can't let Brianna Stewart go crazy. Brianna's the engine that came straight out of Connecticut. Funny that she went to school here. And um, really got that winning sensation that she got to the next level. So if they could kind of keep her calm, keep Sabrina calm, they, they, I think Connecticut can advance. And especially they, uh, the coaches got coach of the year out here too. But, that, that I mean, that's usual. Connecticut coaches always get coach of the year. I mean, yeah. The revolving door. How much talent these these coaches get to deal with and actually make it work. But I'm I'm really intrigued to see Connecticut and New York go at it because that's always been the thing growing up. New York and Connecticut. New York and Connecticut. There's always something. And now like it's on a professional stage, even though it's women's sports. But 
you got to respect that at the end of the day, and it, it, it's got its excitement to it. I, I can't wait. Hopefully we get to bring it back home. Listen, Dallas, I think Dallas could beat the Aces because Erica, Sabali, no. uh, Listen, Satu, mm-hmm. listen. Erica's been going off, and we all know she 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 raises the level of her game in big games. She's been doing that since college. And Satu Sabali is finally healthy. She's finally healthy. And listen, Dallas Dallas gave it. Listen, they gave Atlanta. They dog walked Atlanta. I'm telling you, bro. Don't sleep on the wings. Do not sleep on. I them. think the I think the wings can get a game from the Aces. I'm just not sure that they can play consistent enough to take the series. Uh, but it, it, it's very interesting because we do have four really good teams. And anybody sleeping on the WNBA, like like Boosie said back in the day, wake up, because uh, it, there's some good basketball to be played here. Um, if, if that's what you're saying, Chandler, well, that's a big bottle of NyQuil. I'm sleeping on that. They are not going to deal with Vegas. Vegas will sweep. I, I don't, the okay. one, two, and three. The one, two, and three seasons, how I see that thing going down, either Vegas, New York, or Connecticut, that, that's who's bringing it home. I, I, I think Dallas is there by default, you know, just because there's not that many strong teams out west for them to deal with. But Las Vegas is completely loaded. They're loaded. It's going to take one of these teams out here in the east that, that could actually fight back to get it done. It's not going to be no – one or two person tandem, like it, they they got to work as a team to knock off Vegas. It's going to take all all of them instead of the the you know your your Michael Jordan shows. You know it, it's going to take a lot. All right, I I honestly listen, man. I believe that be Dallas, here for you. First I, of, I will be, you know, I will be here for you. Because <laughs> like I said, Erica Ogunbowale, it's something about her when when she gets on the biggest stages. I mean, she just comes through. You know who she reminds me of? Honestly, she reminds me of a Teresa Weatherspoon. Like, during the regular season, Teresa Weatherspoon will do her thing. But come playoff time, you was like, yo, where the hell you been all year? You know, where have you been? So, who I, I think. Who Dallas is going to deal with, with Asia? But that's the thing, though, right? If you, if you, Asia, honestly, there's been some games this season where Asia, for whatever reason, didn't show up, right? Now, it could have been a defense. Who knows? What, you know, because, I mean, it happens, though. It happens to every player. You know, you have bad games. That's, that's, it's, that's nothing, you know, earth-shaking. I'm not breaking no news here. If Asia messes around and has a bad series, I'm telling you Dallas can take this thing. I'm telling you. Don't, 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 don't I'm telling you, don't mess around. And I will be right here waiting on it. They do it, I'll apologize on here and let you know all about it. But if well, not, if not, I want the same golden treatment. I, I want grapes. I want to get fanned. I want it all. Okay. Listen, if they sweep, if they sweep the wings, bro, I'm, I'm gonna send you a. a I'm gonna find whatever that place is you told me about. They got that damn lobster roll. I'm gonna make sure it shows up at your door. Hey. No, no, you ain't got to listen. That that'll be a wonderful thing. But listen, you ain't even got to go crazy. Just buy me, a, just buy me a tin of turtles. Just give me a tin of turtles, and I'm all right. I'll be happy with a tin of turtles. That's it. I love me turtles, yeah. That's my jam right there. Tin of turtles and peas. I'm a tin of turtles and peas. Something wrong with y'all, man? They got nuts in them, man. Eat no chocolate with no nuts in it. Wrong with y'all. 
Wait, first but, off, there's nothing wrong with pecans or peanuts, and I'm a Snickers fan by far, so there's nothing wrong. Uh, with, hungry, why wait? Hungry, why wait? <laughs> do it all day long. Oh man, but um, let's see where we uh we got some WN, and I'll just so give you a quick the, uh, synopsis of the Mel Tucker thing, Ty. Um, he broke eight clauses in his contract before. Even if you want to stretch the, the the limits of credibility and say that was consensual, he broke eight clauses in his contract, and he won't shut up. And like I said to Mike, it's like when you catch a kid doing something. How you know when they lie to you? They won't shut up. Mel Tucker just keep talking. He just keep talking. He just keep talking. And every time the story changes, it's because he's black. It's because they don't want to pay his contract. Now he got a health issue. Man, miss me with all of that, bro. He need to go. He need to go away. Because after after Michigan State get through with him, then his wife gonna be standing so much. So, um, yeah, this is my divorce lawyer, <laughs> and we and you gotta go. So, <laughs> but and I told um, him the only medical issue we're really looking at is hand spasms and carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah, but, medical but, issue. Come on, son. So it, it's a tough uh, man. I, I I just don't questionable questionable choices, even. If some of this was consensual, I, I just think that's that's a very questionable person to try to uh, foster some sort of intimate type of relationship with that you bind things for or whatever. Like, uh, listen, that, that's not a recipe for for success. End of the day. Can I get you started, Mike, today or no? I'll try to leave you alone or get you started. I'll get it started. It's Thursday night, man. We we set things on fire in this kitchen. Um, are you guys going to catch the the Twins home run record? You guys now sit at two hundred and ninety two because there was a home run hit today, and I think it's nine games left for you guys. I'm trying to pull up your schedule. We got ten left left after today. We got ten left after today. One. Uh, We got three more with the Nationals. Wait. No, 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 you got nine, nine games. More. You got nine games. Nine Today is your tenth game. Yeah. Free, yeah. free. Uh, Irvin and Fry just going at it. You got nine games, uh, and you guys hit a home run. It's at the bottom of the. It's the top of the ninth. You guys are up if you get another one. But you guys are at two ninety two. You need fifteen to tie sixteen to break it in nine games. Can it get done? I I think that it's very it possibly can only because. Six of those nine games are against the Nationals, so they have played a little bit better. This is the team we've been able to feast off of. They got the Cubs next week, but they go back home for uh, six games next week. I think there's a good. They, I think they got a legit shot to do it. I mean, you're still looking at less than two home runs a game, uh, so I, I think it's possible. Uh, but they definitely have to. That offense has to get cranked up a little bit over this next week. Plus they. You know, didn't have a good weekend last weekend in Miami. Uh, Acuna's trying to get to 40. He only needs one more. Uh, so I, I think they can. Uh, will they? I don't know. Uh, but it, it's been an impressive season. Just catch but the Yankees. I think the Yankees did 306. Just catch the Yankees. The Yankees did 306 that year. We did 307. They did 306. Catch them and, and do that, okay? Leave us alone. Just do <laughs> Just get to three oh six. Don't don't touch the seven. Deal with deal with Chandler. Well, I, you you know, can fight with Chandler and his Yankees. I, Man, I, I don't I care about no damn home run records. It is fun though. Oh oh, oh. 
All I need is shoot, for me to worry about October. All I need is for the doggone Orioles to complete this game. It's a 2-2 game late, and um, the, the Guardians still have hope if they could win this game. But um, the Twins are only one win out. But if they lose, the Twins clinch, and they ain't even playing. So that's why I'm like, I hope the Orioles get it done. But I'd rather the team on the field clinching instead of at home. It don't get to see them celebrate, you know, but – I'll take it however we could get it, but I'd rather than be on the field enjoying it. Well, yeah, well, so, I, I've never cared about those simply because if it don't lead to a World Series, I don't give a damn what records you set. <laughs> no, that's a fact. That's a fact. No, I, I know, but listen, listen. Okay, Taylor, so you know personally between me and you, well, I'm happy how this goes down because y'all ain't in the damn way. So, so now, now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we could run a little bit. Y'all are y'all are y'all are gonna be sitting in your room like Brandy. Like that, so that that's fine. And and let us fight everybody else. I feel like we got a fair shot against everybody else. It's just the mystique of the Yankees, something it's just some of the players when they're around, they always had the number and now now while we're hot and they not playing good, it's like I would rather play them now while they vulnerable to really shake that that post off of us where they not even around. So now it's like We'll take on whatever we take on and try to get as far as we can if we can get to the uh, the World Series. But it's, I mean, to me, I'm gonna say this truthfully: I feel like in the American League, it's up in the air. I mean, it is. despite how strong the Orioles and the the Rays have played out the gate, the way their record looks, I feel like every team is beatable, all of them, top down. And yeah. I'm really I'm really worried about how the West is gonna be won. Uh, especially the way that how, I think Houston's up front, and then the Mariners and the oh God, why am I drawing them? The Rangers they're the fighting because they tied. They got a tie. They got a tie record. So it's like, how does this end up going down? So it, this this is one incredible run in the American League, and I, I really feel like it's, it's a coin flip situation. Yeah, I think so. It it this is the most open in the American League that the playoffs have been probably since the mid-'80s when we saw the teams like Milwaukee and then, you know, the Blue Jays started playing well. But there were teams that got into the playoffs and started making some noise that we hadn't seen before. And then I go back to the early-'80s, late-'70s when you had, you know, We Are Family Pirates, and then they were gone, and you had other different teams. Because in the West, it's going to be the Dodgers or the Braves. Let's be honest. The, the West is boring. You know, what? it's like, okay, what exciting team might make the wild card and then lose to one of Atlanta or the Dodgers, you know? But the American League, you could be the last wild card and win the American League. Well, I'm Nobody gonna slightly knows. Disagree with, I'm going to slightly disagree with you on this. By the way, we just, just got one more, CP. Uh, Ozzy Albert should have two-run home run in the top of the night. Uh, so, <laughs> 293. Oh, okay. yeah, so, uh but, you know, last year, the Braves and Dodgers both got those first-round buys, and then they both lost. Philly went in to beat Atlanta. San Diego finally beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a lot of questions with that pitching staff. If Atlanta gets off to a good start with Freed and, and Strider, they should be fine in that divisional series. But I think the National League is pretty wide open, too. I mean, I, I, listen, the Phillies knocked the Braves out in four last year. And this Phillies team, I think, is every bit as good as the Phillies team that they had last season uh, with a little bit better bullpen. So I think the Braves 
are a clear favorite going into the postseason. But I really think that both leagues are pretty wide open. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it would not surprise me. You could just about make a case for uh, uh, several different teams uh, to make the World Series. So I, I think to me that's one of the things that's fascinating about this postseason. Even the teams that are tops in the league, in either league, uh, you know, half flaws. Uh, sometimes Strider gets a little home run happy. Max Fried hasn't been healthy all year. So his arm may be fresh, but then what are they going to get, you know, behind those guys? And then, uh, you know, Iglesias has been pretty good uh, closing out games, but he can't get Bryce Hopper out to save his life. And he, he, you Okay, know, let, let me could... ask you a question, Mike. Let, let, me, let me stop you. Did the Braves have Rafael Acuna last year? They did have Ronald Acuna last year, but he wasn't where he was right now. Ronald. I, I always want to call him Rafael, but he was coming off. He, he, this lineup he was, he was, that the Braves have, I don't give, I don't give a damn if, if they put you on the mound, okay? They are going to hit and beat everybody. Yeah. Philly, mm-hmm. Philly ain't got the lineup to match up with them. And let's be honest, once they get ahead, it's a wrap. And then if they're behind, Matt Olson, this dude's playing out of his mind right now. Listen, I understand about last year. Last year was last year. There ain't a team outside of the Dodgers that can go bat for bat with Atlanta, especially in the right. short series. I, I feel the same. I feel that's like it's, it's the, I feel like it's Atlanta, LA. I feel that's the NLCS. I really feel that's yeah. what the NLCS like. LA and Atlanta. But, I mean, listen, it'd be nice if we had some exciting series up to that one. But I don't believe either one of them loses more than one game before they get to the LCS. Wow. Damn, like that. Whoa. Okay. Okay. They got one series, right? So you're saying that they should both win at least four in the yep. division round. Yup. <laughs> yup. He said they should only have one loss apiece, though. He's saying that they should be creaming people. That's a, man. Whew. I'm saying I think between the two of them, I see one loss until they get to the LCS. Oh, combined. Oh, they sweeping people. Oh, combined. Lord. Yeah. They blowing doors mm-hmm. off. They blowing doors off. Well, well listen, I, listen I, hope to see, I hope to see it, but I, you got to understand, like, how many times in my life, I've been scarred with October disappointment. Now, listen, they won it two years ago. I'm excited they won it. But how many times they won divisions and looked like a great team going into the playoffs <laughs> and, never, and never were able to. So, listen, I, I may be a little bit too cautious, you know, too cautious going into the postseason. But with, with good reason, I, I've, uh, I've gotten into those waters before and almost drowned. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being careful. <laughs> I, I want to switch back and ask, and ask you about guys about a couple of things because we talked about the Mel Tucker thing, mm-hmm. but we do have several ranked games this weekend uh, in college football. So I want to ask you guys about a couple games there. Uh, Sunday mornings, the time of Sunday morning brunch, cheap plug, uh, shameless plug. We uh, do cover all the things going on in the NFL and set the table for you for Sunday's game. So we'll hit a lot of that on Sunday, but. The first one I want to ask you guys about this weekend, uh, Coach Prime has taken his Colorado Buffaloes uh, out west to face the Oregon Ducks. 
in this game right now. The last I saw, the Oregon Ducks were 21.5-point favorites in this game. Uh, what do you guys thought yeah. on A, Colorado's chances to win this game, and B, what do you guys think of that spread? Okay, Ty, I'm not betting this weekend, so I'm telling you now, take the points. This is not going to be a 21 point. I'm telling you right now, take the damn points. You didn't listen to me on Alabama. You better listen to me on this one. Right? <laughs> I told him there was no way Alabama was winning by 30-plus points against South Florida. I'm telling People you this know. is not going to be a 21 This is not going to be a 21-point game. Now, I don't believe that Colorado is going to win. I would like for them to win. I want them to win. I don't believe they will. I do believe that Bo Nix is going to be Bo Nix. Bo Nix is a guy in big games, on big stages, so, spits the bit. Uh-huh. Okay? He spits the bit. You can go back to Auburn. Look at every big game Auburn should have won. Bo Nix is the reason they damn lost it. Bo Nix will be the reason you lose a big game, not the reason you win a big game. So this game is going to be a hell of a lot closer, honestly, than it should be because this should be a blowout. They don't have Travis Hunter. Their offensive and defensive lines, honestly, are not that great, especially the offensive line. Shadour Sanders is going to be running for his life. Um, he's still going to put up about 350, though. Um, but this is going to be, at best, a 10-point game at best a 10-point game, because Bo Nix is still a quarterback of the Oregon Ducks. And last I checked, Bo Nix, I don't want to hear about you talking about Heisman, you talking oh, he's going to be a good pro. Miss me with all of that. Bo Nix is just another iteration of Sam Darnold. And what did Sam Darnold do in college? He always lost the big damn game. Um, you see your thoughts on Oregon, Colorado? I don't know how to judge this one. This is a tough situation because of uh, I'm going to actually look at the other side of the coin, and I'm, like, mad at all of you, like every last one of y'all, about all of this Colorado support. Because when I met you guys, everybody is their team and nothing else. Now Dion started coaching the team. Now people want to be part Colorado fans. Like, I don't get y'all. Like, I, I was raised different. But anyway, let me go to the other side of the coin. <laughs> Yeah, and believe me, believe me, I'm ready to laugh too. But um, the Oregon situation, Oregon has been good throughout. I, I want to, I'm going to say it like this because I had to see it up close and personal. Sister Joey Harrington days when Joey Harrington was a, a Heisman hopeful and they put his big old billboard downtown New York, Manhattan. They was like, oh, he's the best quarterback coming out of college, and they always wanted to see him do good. He couldn't get him to the big game, and then Oregon gets stud after stud going through Oregon, but they can't do nothing in the big game and haven't got to a national championship or so on and so forth. And um, now that they're looking good, they're getting the national attention, can you guys get over the hump, especially with everybody going to be watching this game? Everybody's waiting to see if Dion could get past this big old spread, which he did with TCU. Can these guys hold it down and continue to run the table as best as they can? I don't know. I think the shock value is still there. But I want to see Oregon do it. The crazy part is, is is how long does this go that Oregon will win 10 to 11 games, lose one, and then get beat up in the playoffs or win 10 games and miss the playoffs or, or get as far as the national championship and get smoked or something like that. Like, can they do it? And, and this is their time to get it done. I, I, don't, I don't know if 
or when how the loss goes down, but I know this would be pretty interesting if Dion could pull it off against Oregon with everything against them. Chandler, like you said, Bo Nix is not a big game playing quarterback, and he was in the SEC, and I feel like he left the SEC because he couldn't finish the deal in the SEC and, and went to a calmer mode out there in Oregon to try to get it done. So you can't dodge the smoke now, especially with Dion on the other sideline. And I know he's going to try to plan like crazy to make it difficult for him, but uh, Colorado's defense has to step up because the way Colorado State was picking them apart, that was that was pretty bad. That was bad that they couldn't stop crossing routes. So um, that is something that uh, has to be taken care of right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I don't think Oregon beats them by three scores. I don't think so. But I, I think Deion will make this a game. I think that this is a potential game that they can win, but I think Oregon wins by one possession. I, I feel goal to touchdown at the end of the game, unless they really, you know, are really ready for those big-time close games or tough games. It's going to be very interesting. I want to go across country real quick. I'm going to start with you on this one first, TP, and then come to you, Chandler. Is this the year, TP, that Florida State uh, gets this recent Clemson monkey off their back and takes care of the Clemson Tigers uh, in, a, in an ACC uh, battle this Saturday? Without a doubt. Um, I, I feel like uh, Dabble's time has come uh, with all of the, you know, big-time recruits that have come through and helped them out as best as they could, so on and so forth. I think this is a uh, a bad situation for Clemson now on them trying to rebuild and knowing that was going to dodge every dart them as possible. And I think the state is doing a good job retooling that situation down there in Tallahassee and uh, gained their respect after pulling that big win off against LSU and moving forward and actually winning a close game up against Boston College as well, dealing with adversity also. So this is actually making that, you know, that aura of that team look better. But I think definitely, and I think this is a two-score game. I think Florida State beats them by at least double digits. Chandler, your thoughts on, on Clemson, Florida State? Does Florida State get this done? Man, y'all going to make me say something nice about that clown Swinney. Listen. I watched Florida State barely beat a Boston College team that committed 18 penalties. 18 penalties, and you barely beat them. As a matter of fact, had they not committed the 18th penalty, you would have lost the damn game. So, no, I don't believe they're going to beat Clemson. Hell no. You couldn't beat it. You could barely beat a team that committed 18 penalties. Not one, not two, not three, not four. 18. There are peewee league teams that don't commit 18 damn penalties. Boston College committed 18 penalties, and you still struggle to beat them. I hate Dabo Swinney. I think he's a racist POS. I really do. If he got hit by a bus, I would go sit by him and watch the lights go out. That's how much I can't stand that, man. I think Clemson beats Florida State. I think they beat them. And that sucks because then that means everybody's going to be, oh, Clemson's back, Clemson's back, and i got to listen to that crap for like the next two weeks. But, no, I don't trust Florida State at all. can barely beat a team that commits 18 penalties. I'm not trying to hear nothing from you. Nothing at all. Really? Really? I got – 
Wait, wait. Wait, Mike, Mike, you hear this. He said he didn't want to bet nothing this weekend, but he's thinking Cliff is going to pull off the unthinkable. Whoa, Nelly. Shout out. Rest in peace, Keith Jackson. I'm saying that. Whoa, Nelly. I don't know if y'all remember Keith Jackson. But I grew up off of Keith Jackson. Yes, sir. Keith Jackson, uh, one of the best to ever do it. I want to ask you guys about another game uh, happening this weekend. Two top ten teams picking up. Uh, I'll start with you on this one, Chandler. Ohio State, Kyle McCord starting to get settled in a little bit to that offense. They go and play Notre Dame this weekend. Do you think Ohio State wins or do the Fighting Irish get the win this weekend? I'm going for the brother. Let me be very clear. If it's a black head coach not named Mel Tucker, I'm rooting for him. Okay? Let me just put that to bed right now. If it's a black head coach, I want them to win, except Mel Tucker. I just want him to be shot into into space somewhere. So I think what Marcus Freeman is doing is doing at Notre Dame, it speaks volumes. I like the way they've been playing. I like the fact that he got rid of that clown, Sam Hartman, and he got him a real quarterback in there who's not going to turn the ball over at crucial moments. Wait, um, Sam Hartman is his quarterback. That's the kid from Wake Forest. Oh, no. Who am I thinking of? The quarterback he got rid of. Yeah, Hartman is, Sam Hartman is quarterback. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Who am I? I'm thinking – anyway. Um Actually, but I liked I liked Hartman. It was it was the guy that was there before Hartman that he was like you could go. Um, who I was actually thinking of, I like Hartman. I think Notre Dame beats them by seven. I don't trust Ryan Day. Um, if we think about it, ever since Ryan Day made that statement about Michigan, right, um, and started he started feeling himself. Ohio State had been that great. They ain't been that great. So I think Notre Dame wins this game. And I get to bask in the fact that Ohio State will not win another Big Ten championship. I love it. TP, your thoughts, Ohio State, Notre Dame? I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again now. Um, Until Notre Dame can prove to me that they got somebody to deal with, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think that they'll be able to blow the doors off the hinges on their secondary. I think Notre Dame will make this an interesting game. I think they'll put some scores on the board. But at the end of the day, I feel like Ohio State will get it done. I agree with Chandler. I'm not a big Ryan Day fan at all. I'm not an Ohio State fan at all. But uh, it's just something about Notre Dame's mystique. And and when, uh, you know, Paul Horner came out and said they're not pulling in the athletes that they should pull in, and they'll get an athlete here, athlete there, but they just don't fill the full team in the way that they need to. I think this is going to continue to hamper them up against the the big-time schools. And Ohio State is built for college. They're not built for the pros. And it was interesting that I've I seen an interesting stat on, like, Ohio State quarterback and how they do well in college, but they can't do anything in the pros. And um, until somebody significantly starts to turn that around on them, Ohio State will continue to dominate that region of college football, especially the middle of America. They, they'll always dominate that until further notice. One other game that I'd like to hear both of your thoughts on, do either one of you think – that that clown Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss can go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama this weekend. No, hell no. Um, And and, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, see, Lane Kiffin is one of those guys that can't help himself. He can't help himself. All he had to do was be quiet, right? Alabama struggling. Shut your mouth. Go in there, steal the W, keep it pushing. But he didn't do that. He needed to troll Nick Saban. 
because Nick Saban apparently is a Taylor Swift fan. I know nothing about Taylor Swift music. Um, don't want to know nothing about the music. Don't care about the music. Okay, let me be very clear. I couldn't tell you a Taylor Swift song. You put a gun to my head. But apparently he uh, tweeted some lyric from Taylor Swift trying to mess with Nick Saban. Here's what you don't do to a wounded animal, especially a prideful wounded animal that used to be the leader of the pack. You don't piss him off and you don't push him in the corner. Lane Kiffin pissed Nick Saban off. Lane Kiffin decided he would try to embarrass Alabama, kick him while they're down. Okay, bro, let's see how that works out for you. Because also, last I checked, Lane Kiffin's teams, coach teams, have never won a game that they should win, ever. So, yeah, Alabama, Alabama's going to dog walk Ole Miss. TP, you got your thoughts? This game is in Mississippi? It's in Tuscaloosa. Here's your answer. <laughs> like, like, you, listen, it's, it's, it's already bad. It's already bad, right? I knew I knew where it was being played. I just did that to be funny. But it's already bad that you're picking on Nick Saban and, and trying to poke the bear. You're going into a very hostile environment, which you know about because you used to coach there. And um, they, they're going to make it horrible when you guys get off the bus. For, we'll probably forget, so let me say it right. They're going to make it horrible when you go to your hotel to stay in. They're going to make it horrible when you get on the bus. They're going to make it horrible when you get off the bus. Like, it's going to be so bothersome for Ole Miss, and let alone this is a thing because they've been going at it because they're SEC teams. And when has Ole Miss really been strongly competitive back-to-back seasons up against Alabama? Alabama is trying to find – which quarterback can actually man the ship at this point in time. And I know once one of them gets the, you know, the offense cracking, Nick Saban is going to go roller coaster riding all over Ole Miss in this game. I'm sorry, Rebels, but they, they're they going to go wild on them unless they really still have quarterback woes and issues. I, I, I really don't think Mississippi is going to come out that strong and make this, this big of a game in Tuscaloosa. If it was in Mississippi, I feel like it would be different. But um, I know that they're in the middle of Alabama where it's going to be hectic, uh, especially for Kiffin. Like, Kiffin, Kiffin is an emotional coach. He's lucky that his last name is Kiffin. If his last name wasn't Kiffin, boy, he would be getting dog walk even worse than what we're saying. So, uh, uh, good luck. That's the best thing I can say. 929-477-2759, our calling number here for the next 15 minutes or so. Head Hunter, TP, uh, no, we got 45 minutes. Go I don't on. know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, we got 45 got okay. minutes, on a, bro. On a, uh, on a Thursday night with you. A couple other games in the pack. 12, either one of you guys want to comment on uh, ranked opponents. You got UCLA versus Utah, and you got Washington State, Oregon State. The only two um, only two schools that are left out on the uh, the island schools that now form the pack two after this season. Um, but those two <laughs> should be pretty compelling football games. Either one of you want to comment at all on either of those two matchups this weekend? They're going to be good games. Um, Utah, listen, of all the teams in Pac-12 that I, and like, I would like not give Colorado a shot in the game, it's against Utah. Them boys come to thump you, all right? They get off the bus hurting people, all right? <laughs> Utah, listen, son, they, they like this. And I'm not saying they played the 85 Bears, but the 85 Bears, you got hurt looking at them get off the bus. That's how Utah gets down. Um, that's going to be a good game. And, listen, Oregon State, Washington State, 
they might, you know, be struggling or whatever, but they always have a really good game. Like, if you up, you ain't sleeping, you ain't got nothing else to do, watch that game. It might go three overtimes. You're going to get an exciting game. You know what I'm saying? You might not get a lot of defense, early. but you're going to get an exciting game. Oh, it's the this early is game? actually early. Both of these teams undefeated, but this team's, I think, like a 4 o'clock Eastern time game on Saturday. Oh, they're going to be good games. I think they're going to be really good games. I can't pick other than I'm going to pick Utah, obviously. But Washington State and Oregon State, I think it's going to be a really good game. It'll be a fun, exciting game. And, and sometimes you just watch two teams and you don't really care who wins. You just want to see a good game. Washington State Oregon is going to be a good game. The, the two interesting things to me, and TPM will come right to you on this, uh, Utah has won their first three games this year without their starting quarterback. Cam Rising, I think, is supposed to be back this weekend. And the kid, Dante Moore, uh, from UCLA, freshman, is, is starting to look impressive and grab that quarterback job. So it uh, should be some interesting quarterback play in that Utah-UCLA game. But I do think Utah is probably more well-rounded. TP, you got any thoughts on either of these uh, other two games uh, uh, with ranked foes in the Pac-12? Cool to see UCLA back, especially with a coach that I, I lost a ton of respect for, but at least he's doing his job. And Chip Kelly, I'm not a big Chip Kelly fan, the way that he threw his weight around from Oregon to Philly to wherever else and now UCLA. And then I just don't like the way he broke up, you know, certain teams and situations, but that's, like, personal. But um, at least he got them back there ranked. It is. I feel like the shock value could be there, but I, I'm really rooting for Utah because Utah always has that game season after season when they play at home and a big team comes there and they beat the crap out of them and they already had that big game. <laughs> of a, they're they're still riding that that storm right now, so they they've beaten Florida and now they're taking that to another level. If they can beat UCLA, I feel like they're going to be in the, the upper echelon of the the Pac-12 with your. U.S. Mm-hmm. your Colorado's your Oregon's like they're gonna put their name in that hat, and respectively so the way that they're ranked at this point in time. So they got to keep that that thing going. Um, on the other side of the coin with the uh, Washington State, Oregon State, it's about time Oregon State get its recognition. And uh, when they had Luke Musgrave, the tight end, something, but they just couldn't put wins on the board. Now the Beavers are playing good. Well, I feel like Oregon State can get this done, but the passing attack of Washington State has always been consistent. But I'm pulling for the Beavers to get it done. I, I really feel like they could go. I think they're on the road in this game, too. Um, I think they get this done and continue to roll it. You know, the interesting thing is we mentioned Oregon State here, and they are actually getting this done with a guy that could not get it done at Clemson. Uh, and, and the more I watch – DJ Oyegunle uh, play well for Oregon State. It to me makes me wonder: Was it Dabo? Yes, it was. <clears throat> I'll answer that. Yes, it was. Um, I don't think they ever used him correctly. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think they ever used him correctly. Um, and then everything got blamed on him. I don't think he fit. In the South, you know, I mean, you know, he, he, he's Samoan. I don't think he ever fit. I don't think he ever felt comfortable in South Carolina. All right. And now he's back on the West Coast, closer to his family. He just seems happy. 
you know. And it's something to be, listen, these are 18, 19-year-old kids, man. You know, sometimes where you go to school matters. You know, sometimes you need to be close to your family. What the heck? What the heck? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're fine. What happened? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, mic dropped. Okay. I'm good. Um, I can hear you. I got it. Yeah, so are we still on? Yeah, we're on. We're on because I went... I wouldn't be able to talk to you if we weren't. No, we okay, just, Mike, uh, Mike, I, my, okay. My kid gave me a hug good night and accidentally bumped the phone, which cut us off. So <laughs> my apologies uh, for that. No, just, okay. just, just giving the good night hug and, and we hit the button and uh, it cut no us thanks. off. So no my, my apologies, everybody. That's all right. And my phone. But yeah, like I said, I think that DJ um, is happier. You can see he's happier, and I think that makes all the difference in the world. And then he's got a better coach, a coach who's not going to blame him for everything, including name, image, and likeness and, you know, the the fiscal situation and why unemployment benefits are being cut and everything else. I mean, Jesus Christ, they blame that boy for everything in Clemson, you know. So it is what it is. Mike? So I think that covers pretty much all of the the major ranked games that we have around college football. Chandler, you mentioned uh, switching to the NFL. You mentioned uh, Justin yes. Fields earlier. Do you want to go in on that? Yes. Yes. Now, I, I missed it yesterday in the – what's Wednesday? Call this cookout, right? Yeah, yes, Anybody? That's it. You got it. All right. Call this cookout on Wednesday. I'm trying to get somebody a plug, but I don't even remember the name of the damn show. Um, <laughs> and I we really were serious was here. Um Here's my here's why I'm going to defend what Justin Fields said because it was the truth. When you have that many media people decide they want to throw their hands, they were like, "Oh my God, I can't believe he said it." All you heard was, "I can't believe he said it." Did you hear anybody say he was lying? Anybody? Name me a media personality who who has criticized Justin Fields, and I'm sure they all have. How many of them said he was wrong or that he wasn't true, that what he said wasn't true? Oh, you should, he shouldn't have said it. He ain't said it wasn't true, though. They are overloading this young man with information. Now, yes, Ty, I will agree with you that Ohio State quarterbacks need more time to be successful in the NFL. They have to unlearn a lot of stuff, Right? They don't get taught well. Unfortunately, they get drafted high. Nobody has the time to really um, develop them. And then it's OC, Ohio State quarterbacks can't play. Okay. Um, I think they can play. I think they wind up in bad situations with teams that expect them to be superheroes and they're not ready. Justin Fields holds on to the ball too long. We all know that. We can see it. He's still in a college mode of waiting for his guy to get open. The game is still too fast for him. Okay. But that's what coaching is for. That's what coaching is supposed to do. Now, let's think about who he's had since he's been in Chicago. He had Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. and, he got this, and he got this clown, Eberflus. Oh, and this guy, Luke Getzey. Whose claim to fame is well, he you know he coached he coached Aaron Rodgers, 
dude, I could coach damn Aaron Rodgers. And they, and and he was still having an MVP season. Could call a, I could call a football play to save my life. I'd be right there. Yeah, you know, I'll coach Aaron Rodgers. Because I remember when everybody kept telling me that Adam Gase coached uh, Peyton Manning. How'd that work out for the Jets? How'd it work out? How'd it work out for the Dolphins with Adam Gase? Yeah, he got two jobs. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, stop telling me Luke Getzey coached Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields is overloaded with information. It's paralysis by analysis. And they said to him, why are you playing so robotically? When you see a guy playing like that, that tells you that there's too much information, and he's thinking about everything but what he should be thinking about, which is get rid of the ball. He's sitting there, okay, I've got to shift my weight here. I've got to turn here. Where's my hips? Where's my hands? Where's my eyes? Did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? Instead of get the ball, throw the ball. Back. Yep. Now, it doesn't help that their offensive line, now, yes, he's holding the ball too long, but on plays where he's not holding the ball too long, it's a jailbreak. It doesn't help that they're not using the running backs. It doesn't help that the defense isn't playing well. Oh, and by the way, when I said that the defensive coach quit and everybody turned to, no, no, he's a health issue. I'm sorry, his house got raided by the FBI. I told you there was something there. I told you that. I don't say things just to say things, people. Now, if I can't verify information I've gotten, I won't say what I've been told because that's not fair to people. You know, these are people's lives at stake here, and I'm never going to gonna put something out there that I haven't verified. I heard some things about that defensive coach. I heard some things. FBI raided his house. I'm just saying. Miss me with the health issues, okay? Miss me with that. You have a team in disarray. And when a general manager has to have an impromptu press conference to say, well, he wasn't pointing fingers, all I'm saying is this. Justin Fields, keep talking. Make them get rid of you so hopefully you go somewhere with a real coach, a Doug Peterson type of coach, where you can resurrect your career. Because as long as you stay in Chicago, dude, your career is going to be – that that team is a flaming dumpster fire. So, Justin Fields, thank you for what you said. Thank you for being honest. And for all you people to keep it in the locker room, keep it in the locker room, how come you don't say that when the coaches start throwing players under the bus? Because I didn't hear nobody telling Sean McVay to keep it in the locker room. I never heard anybody tell him that, but Justin Fields supposed to keep it in the locker room. Okay, miss me with that nonsense. You know, I I should not <clears throat> be this way, uh, but I'm going to uh, – well, first of all, before I, I switch topics, TP, do you have anything you want to add on uh, this Justin Fields conversation? I know we talked about it last night, but do you have anything else to put add into that? Um, he's my rival, so um, I feel like um, Aretha Franklin, rescue me. I need you in my heart. But, um, you know, as a, um, a black quarterback, I want to see him do well because it's always that stigma. they like, oh, they want to run first, so on and so forth. And um, that's what he is. He's a run-first quarterback, and then you want to see him make the adjustment because I, I want to believe in that second-chance situation. But you can see he's back there trying to stay in the pocket, and it's just not working. And um, in the context of the way that he said it, 
people can take it out of context. Like, I don't feel like he was trying to throw the coaches under the bus. He was saying it like what he's thinking about, not like he's blaming the coaches, but people took it like he was talking about the coaches. And he could have been, but I know that was something that he said that he was thinking about. And um, that's why he was trying to readdress it like he wasn't – he didn't mean that. And um, I feel bad for him. Unfortunately, he's on the Bears, and it's like it. no matter what they try to do, it's just chaotic. They still have to – just like was mentioned – they still have their offensive line issues. And uh, when he's getting that time, he's like, well, shoot, let me try to take advantage of it. And he's still not able to pull the trigger in the right direction. So he has some things that he needs to clean up. But it doesn't get any better from here because they do run into Kansas City uh, Sunday. I think it gets tougher uh, as it goes on. But he's been in the league. This is his third season. And he still has things to clean up at this point in time. So I don't know how much longer of a leash they're going to give him. Um, how many pieces they put around them. D.J. Moore is a successful receiver, but they're already talking about trading Chase Claypool now, and they just got him. Chase couldn't do anything in Pittsburgh. They brought him to Chicago, and he's not doing well there either. So I'm wondering if that's another piece of the puzzle that the receiving core ain't ain't as tight as he thought it would be. Um, This team is always going to be a run-first team no matter what. Um, The best quarterback in their history was Jay Cutler. That, that's that's a horrible thought. Like especially the way I grew up, I, I thought Jim McMahon was the guy with Willie Galt and all of them. It wasn't even him. It was Cutler the whole time, and then like Rex Grossman, and then you can start throwing other people into this situation. So Chicago, it was mentioned last night. They ne- they never develop quarterbacks, and worst part about it is they put icing on the cake. You guys have an Ohio State quarterback that has not done well in the NFL ever like you as many oh i'll say quarterbacks that you thought about coming to the league they're not successful so they they have their hand in a jar with porcupines and you don't want to put your hand in there at the end of the day so um hopefully he turns it around next week because i know he's going to go into kansas city and, and the only way they win that is, is a shootout if kansas city scores they're going to have to score I, I feel like that's the only way they can win um unless something happens to one of the big names again but i think week four this is this will be like his situation to kind of clear himself and go from there. The one thing that I I was impressed with the way that he handled himself, uh, even in the interview, because he said, I ain't trying to throw coaches under the bus. I watching the tape. I know that I look robotic, but I had a conversation with coaches and said, sometimes I feel certain things and, you know, I can study this information during the week and give you all this that you want me to give you. Uh, but, there are times that during the game, I got to go by what I feel instead of trying to necessarily process all the information you're trying to throw at me. Now, the response that he then said that he felt like that coaches were receptive to uh, his feedback and his thoughts, we will see moving forward. Uh, I just don't. I don't have any faith in this coaching staff and in this roster. And so I, I don't know I don't know how he can be successful on this team. But I'm not sure that many quarterbacks could be uh, successful with this roster as it's currently constructed, to be honest with you. You know who he needs? And, and y'all going to laugh. He needs Greg Roman. Think about Lamar. Now, we know Lamar can pass. We knew he could pass in college, right? He had better passing yards his, the year after he won the Heisman than he had the year he won the Heisman. But what did they do in Baltimore? They said, okay, there's no receivers here. 
Greg Roman is great with a mobile quarterback that don't have a whole lot of great receivers around him, right? And what did that allow Lamar, honestly, to get to the point now where now that he's got these receivers, where now Lamar is ready to be like, dude, I'm tired of running. I need to pass now. Because the game, now, okay, Lamar won MVP. I'm not really comparing the two. I'm comparing the situation. That having Greg Roman allow Lamar to go from just using his talent to being able to slow down the speed of the game to being able to look around and read defenses, which we know he could, but now he's able to do it in the NFL and understand what's going on and these defensive concepts and check with knees and all of that so that Lamar now is like, listen, dude, hey, Greg, I appreciate you, bro. It's time to take the training wheels off. That's what Chicago should have done. They should have brought in Greg Roman. Greg Roman is training wheels for a mobile quarterback. Now imagine Greg Roman with Justin Fields. You're going to tell me that Justin Fields wouldn't look better? You're going to tell me that there wouldn't be better play calls for Justin Fields with Greg Roman, especially since Justin is still a run-first guy? Come on, son. I'm just saying. And I can't stand Greg Roman. He was he was the coach of my Jets. He, he coached offense for my Jets. So you know I'm not a Greg Roman fan, but Greg Roman is great with run-first quarterbacks. Just saying. TP, thoughts on that? Any? Oh, um, I, I, I like the mindset of, of the Greg Roman situation. At least it's a, just like you said, it's a training wheel situation, so then he could actually start to take off and do well. But I don't like it because it's helping out the doggone bears. So Chandler, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give him any bright ideas. I don't want I don't want Chicago to get any smarter than what they are right now. Let them think everything's okay out there. Okay, you're, you're up here trying to be uh, the Wizard of Oz or something. Calm down. But um, at, at the end of the day, you know. Like I, like he said, you know, it, it, it helped Lamar. Lamar actually, you know, got, you know, better as time went on. People just didn't understand what was going on with no pieces around him. Now Lamar got pieces around him, and they're running the table as best as he can. And um, I don't want Chicago to get that hot, but the potential would get there if he could just be calmer. If he could get a coach that could understand what works for him, that will be big for him at the end of the day. So, um I think this is a this is something that's going to be in due time. I think it's like a two-year window of trying to get a, a quarterback coach or a coordinator that he clicks with to make this happen, unless he turns this around midseason and the Bears start going crazy. But like I said, this is a tough, tough game upcoming up against the uh, the Chiefs this week. So everything, I think, falls into place after week when week four starts and then they move on from there. Speaking of Greg Roman, he might actually be – he might have been a good fit in Indianapolis as well um, for Anthony Richardson uh, to help him kind of – Yeah, who's been cut right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and he has looked – he has looked the part of an NFL quarterback early as far as just – I mean, he's a, he's a physical specimen and has looked pretty good, but uh, I don't care how big you are. You might be as big as most linebackers. But they listen. Those hits at this level, uh, you know, this this isn't this isn't college football anymore. Uh, you're gonna get tagged. You gotta sometimes learn to slide and how to avoid some of these uh, some of these things. But the crazy thing is, is this concussion wasn't even on a hit. He scored 
I, I something fell back in the end zone and hit his head or something just right. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't even a hit uh, that caused this concussion. So it's like, uh, you know, what else? Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, if, if they had Jonathan Taylor, if the owner, if the drug addict owner, yes, Jim Mercy's a drug addict. If the drug addict owner had paid Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor would have been the one running that ball, not Anthony Richardson. Just saying. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that. Um, today comes down an injury in practice, not a game. We're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice. Uh, Trayvon mm-hmm. Diggs, uh, ACL injury out for the season. I know TP, we were talking about this a little bit in the uh, chat window or in our uh, in our group chat. Your thoughts on this injury uh, for the Cowboys and and what and what it changes for this team moving forward as far as the outlook for this team. Okay, I'm going to throw a quick question at you. I need a, need a one-word answer, Mike. Should I do it personally or, or analytically? Both. Uh, Let's go analytically first. Analytically, I still feel like their defense will be all right. The defense isn't their secondary. Their secondary does just enough work to keep everything in place. The line and the pressure that Michael Parsons is bringing is what has that defense sticking. As long as these corners can stay home for at least two and a half seconds, at least give them two seconds if you stay step for step, I think everything will be all right. It's a huge miss with Trayvon off of the roster, but I, I still feel like if they lose any more pieces up front, that's when the issues will occur. But right now I still feel like Dallas' defense is somewhat intact. They're, they're just way more of a major juggernaut when they got Diggs on one side and Gilmore on the other side. Got two respectable corners at the end of the day, but at least one of them's down now. And uh, one of them's actually older and longer in the tooth, but they still have to respect him while he's on the field. But uh, their their front four, somewhat of their front seven is the problem. Um, and if you can get that figured out, then you can figure out the Dallas Cowboys. Personally, ha, 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 ha. Oh, my goodness. Because this was the year I felt like Dallas could be a threat to get far, and um, everything is going right for them. And everybody was trying to say, that this is, I was reading some links that they were saying this is finally Jerry Jones's title team that he's been looking for because everything was going in the right direction. And I'm not laughing at the injury. It's just adversity that Dallas has to face. And it's always something. I, I wouldn't want it to be injury today, but it's just, it's always something that hampers the Cowboys year after year. And if they can hold it together by one of their big names is off of the field, then that'll be crazy. Um, but then again, it, 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 they spoon fed an interesting start to their season going up against a Giants team that has their question marks and the Jets being down, Aaron Rodgers, too, uh, going up against Zach Wilson. And people are questioning if Zach is the, the proper backup at this point in time for the Jets. So it's been feverishly favorable for the Cowboys, especially going into this week. They played the doggone Cardinals. Like everything is going right for them at the right point in time. Like I said, uh, uh, you know, I feel like they can survive as best as possible until they really get a short, short corner to kind of take over the action for the remainder of the season while Diggs is out. Chandler, your thoughts on the Cowboys and Trayvon Diggs? 
Well, I'm old, really old. So I'm old enough to remember when in New York City, you saw either the Jets or the Giants in the early game and on one network, and the other network was one of either the Cowboys, the Steelers, or the Raiders. So there's a whole lot of football fans of my age range that are Cowboy fans, know a lot about the Cowboys, or have watched the Cowboys enough that you would swear I'm a Cowboy fan. They still have Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is the most technically proficient cornerback in the league. There is nobody better technically than Stephon Gilmore, including Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs has been getting by just on pure physical talent, pure physical talent. That's why he always gets beat on double moves. Stephon Gilmore don't get beat on double moves, triple moves, single moves, mother moves, mama moves, mama moves, okay? You pick a move, he ain't getting beat on it. So as long as you still have somebody to shut down the other team's number one receiver, which Stephon Gilmore can and still does, Cowboys are fine. Cowboys are fine. See, this is where I – like, I can't stand Jerry Jones, all right? It's another redneck racist. Let me be very clear, all right? But you cannot deny this man's talent, the eye for talent. This was a hugely smart move, hugely smart move signing Stephon Gilmore this offseason, right? Because it gave you another A-plus corner, and now that Diggs is gone, you still can shut down the other team's number one receiver. So at the end of the day, how does this really affect the Cowboys negatively? Opinion, it doesn't. It doesn't affect them at all. Now, will Trayvon get a few more interceptions than Stephon? Probably. Will Stephon Gilmore shut down just as many drives as Trayvon Diggs? Absolutely. So where's the loss? I don't see one. But that's just me. I'm old. So, TP, you had an interesting take earlier. Agree that uh, Stefan Gilmore is a solid corner um, and is a legit number one corner. Um, I don't know about, I, I, you know, I don't know where he ranks as far as best in the league. Uh, that you know that I have heard people say he's pretty solid fundamentally. Your thoughts, TP, on Stefan Gilmore? I feel like Stefan's time has come and gone. Um... I think Dallas needed to get another corner on the other side of the field to take some of the pressure off of Diggs. Um, his, his golden years were in, you know, more or less while he was out here in this region, in the New England, uh, New York area, when he was in Buffalo and in New England. Like, he actually got passed up by the Colts, for Christ's sake. The Colts got rid of him. He's older, just like Chandler said. Chandler said he's old. Well, Gilmore's old. And that's that's the Gilmore that we remember. Um, we'll see now because he's going to have to take on the responsibilities of going up against the top receivers that they go up against. And in two weeks, they play the Niners. So we'll see what he does with Debo, especially while the Cowboys have their issues trying to deal with the Niners year in and year out too. So uh, it's only early that they've been able to be successful. Like I said, the key to success for Dallas has been Micah Parsons. If they can't get that pressure up front, Dallas would be the same old Dallas Cowboys. Their linebacker core ain't the greatest. Uh, Vander Esch is hanging on by a thread at this point in time. Um, and their secondary still has the issues outside of the corners. I really feel like their safeties could get beat deep. 
Um, but they've been taking advantage of what they've been given. The Cowboys are winning games, but I, I don't feel like Gilmore is going to be some Dion in his prime at this point in time. He's older, and, and I, I feel like he's going to have to show up as best as possible while the, the rest of his season goes on without their best corner in uh, Diggs at this point in time. Ladies and gentlemen, what you just heard was pure hate. Um, you, you just heard the winner of the player haters ball. Hate, 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 hate. Now, Stephon Gilmore were wearing uh, silver. What is it? What, 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 what's the colors of the Lions, Ty? Silver and what? Or- Blue and orange, Knicks. They the New York Knicks. Yeah, okay. Because if Stephon Gilmore was playing cornerback <laughs> for the Detroit Lions, Stephon Gilmore would be the greatest cornerback We got his little brother. We got, a, we got his little right. brother. His little brother plays for We got the younger one. We got the little brother. We don't need him. We okay. got his little brother. Okay. How about that? Now. La- ladies and gentlemen, what you heard was haterade. All right? That's it not is, haterade. That's a essence. fact. In its purest essence. Okay? Wait. Why would, well, okay, you know, so, tell, um, listen, um, so tell me. Why would the Colts get rid of him if they didn't have defense like that? Because Jim Ursay is a drug addict clown. <laughs> you like saying that why, about him? <laughs> Stop it. Why is Jonathan Taylor on a physically unable to perform this when he's completely healthy? Because Jim Ursay don't want to pay him and he don't want to trade him. Miss me talking about the Colts. That's a financial issue. That that right there is money. We know that's money. This that's a running back issue across the league. This money. Is that's the that's same what... team that hired Jeff Saturday as the head coach. You talking about why is Stephon Gilmore not there? He he re ran as soon as he came. He's like, yo, you got to get me the hell up out of here, son. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, that's a touche with the Jeff Saturday situation. That's a touche. Okay, you get away with that one. That's as far as I'm going. That's as far as you're getting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Right, Jeff That's Saturday. That's a higher coach on Saturday when you play on Sunday. That's as far as I'm going. And the guy never coached a day in his life. Uh, and, and listen, they <laughs> even gave him an interview for the head job at the end of the year. Um, wow. Jeff Saturday, yeah. So, uh, T.P., I want to ask you uh, a Lions question here. Uh, unfortunately, we had the the thigh injury. I saw the hit that you were talking about. It wasn't even a hit, right, uh, where he came up with the thigh bruise. Last week, Craig Reynolds actually got a few carries uh, when David Montgomery came out. Please tell me that this, is, this week is the week that uh, Gibbs gets a lot more carries than, than Reynolds in this running game for the Lions. Um. I'm hoping the Lions bring up uh, Zonovan Knight, a.k.a. Bam from the Jets. I hope they do. I don't want them to start trying to force feed Gibbs at this point in time and get that young boy hurt. It's something that has to be there that they have not given him the ball when he clearly looks like he's ready for the league and they're just holding back for some odd reason. If they feel like there's something wrong, then don't force it. You know what I'm saying? Bring a, a real strong, sturdy power back to get the job done. And uh, we'll go from there. We'll have to manage it out because uh, David Montgomery was doing well running between the tackles. They wouldn't let Jameer run it. And I feel like I I think they look at him as still like the scat back, the third down back that could get yards quicker than running up the middle. But if he does get up the middle, he's going to hit a home run. And it's like they got to kind of pick their poison on how they want to do it. But um, I don't want to force feed our first-round investment like that and watch him Riz getting hurt while Detroit is getting bit by the injury bug left and doggone right. 
So um, I, me personally, I would love to see him get the ball, but I don't want to lose him to injury. And um, he, he means a lot to the team at this point in time, especially while we're down Jamison Williams for the next – after this week, it'll be three games, but right now it's four, including this week. So we, we still got him out due to suspension, uh, depending on what Montgomery looks like because uh, this is a thigh bruise, and they're saying that he's day-to-day and trying to sit out weeks and – who knows how this lasts? Like we we need every last gun possible. If so, I heard that they're talking about a potential trade with the Titans to try to get Derrick Henry. Please, Lord Jesus, I don't ask for nothing. <laughs> I don't ask for nothing. When it was Derrick Henry, I'm going absolutely stupid. So, so one way or another, please do something right for me. One good time, please. Please go get him. But, um, you know, other than that, uh, I mean, the Jonathan Taylors of the world, we could go out there and try and get – they have to try to fill that void. I, I, I want to keep Jameer as fresh as possible. I don't want him beating up and then be limping in the week after week. We, we got to keep him as, you know, crisp as we possibly can for the offense while we're down pieces. I have a question for you guys. Uh, because Because this is why the Lions can't have nice things. And you know that I don't root against the Lions. You know this. I, I listen. I, I remember when, uh, when, 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 um, what's my man, Eric, Eric, the quarterback, the quarterback, Eric, Eric Kramer. Uh, no, not not even him, but the other one, Eric Kramer. You had the other quarterback. I go back with the Lions a long way. Let me put it like that because you know I can't remember things anymore. Okay. The Lions could have drafted Bijan Robinson. Oh God, I know. Oh, right now. Okay. Now, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. And you said, oh, they don't want them between the tackles and da-da-da-da-da. You had a chance for an every down back, right? And then you tried to get cute. And you got cute. This is why I can't trust the Lions because whatever general manager it is, right, whichever one it is, going all the way back to when, uh, what's my man, the head coach's name, Fuentes, right? When he was the head coach. Oh, fine. You're talking about Wayne Fine. Wayne Fine. Wayne Fine. Thank you. Fine. Thank you. They always tried to outthink everybody else and outsmart everybody else. We're going to show you we're smarter. All you had to do was take damn B. John Robinson. You grabbed your gifts. Uh, go ahead. I, I, I actually wanted him. No, I agree with you a thousand percent. I wanted B. John. I did. I didn't, not to really? say like I didn't want Gibbs. I, I wanted B. John, and he, that was his plan to get Jameer and get another pick behind it with, with Campbell. So, and it, it, it did work out because they ended up sense. working the pick, but the running back, running back, B. John is better sense, than bro. Gibbs. Right. David Montgomery, we know, gets hurt. He gets hurt every damn year. Every year he gets hurt. He's never played a full season. You had a chance to get every down back. You had a chance to get every down back. So you get a guy now. I hear what you're saying, Tom. They don't want to run him between the tackles. They worry about might get hurt. Da da da. You wouldn't have to worry about it if you drafted B. John Robinson. So if you drafted this kid, you need to play this kid. And if you can't play him, then why the hell did you draft him? That's my problem with the Lions. It's, listen, I like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's going to be a great player. But if you're not willing to play him as a running back, when you know you run an offense that's run heavy, 
Why in the hell did you draft him? This is what pisses like, me off. I feel like Go they're ahead, gonna Mike. try to do I feel like they're gonna try to do with him similar to what the Saints want to do with Kamara. And as he gets more incorporated into the offense, yes, he can pick up some uh, pass protections, but try to get him the ball in space instead of trying to get him, you know, to you know, shove it in between the tackles like that. But yeah, I, I agree. I like listen when they first traded down and didn't pick up Bijan. Like my first thought was, let me check on Ty uh, because I, I didn't understand it. They got an extra pick. Uh, they got the safety uh, from Alabama, who I think is uh, Brian Branch. He's playing pretty well for them early on, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I question that too, but you know the jury's still out. It's still very young in his career. I want to jump real quick and ask you a question about your team, Taylor, as we uh, get wrapped up in the last ten minutes here on Roundtable Gumbo. Uh, so, Chandler, uh, as a Jets fan, you guys came out played the Cowboys this past week. Uh, we saw uh, kind of what happened with that offense and with Zach Wilson there. Uh, can they? Can they simplify things or run a system that's going to work for Zach Wilson? I understand they need to hand the ball off more. Or do you think the Jets need to do something else? Uh, or are they going to do something else at the quarterback position for this team? They need to fire Nathaniel Hackett, first of all. How many touches did Brees Hall get against the Cowboys? What, like five? Four. How many touches did Dalvin Cook get against the Cowboys? Three. Like three. Three. He got, yeah, they, they three. got seven between them, right? That was it. Yeah, because these are yes. my fantasy team. So you're asking me, can they devise a, a plan for, for Zach Wilson? You couldn't even devise a damn plan to run the damn ball for one of the best running backs in the game. Mm. No, they can't devise a plan for Zach Wilson because they can't figure out that the best part of their team is the two running backs. Nathaniel Hackett couldn't figure out how to use Russell Wilson. He can't figure out how to use Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. The Jets might win two more games this season as long as Nathaniel Hackett is their offensive coordinator and Aaron Rodgers ain't there. Wow. Hold on. Hold on. Over under is, is four games, huh? That was you saying? Yep. As long wow. as Rodgers ain't there and Hackett is the offensive coordinator, they might win four games the entire season, and everybody's going to blame Zach Wilson, and it ain't Zach Wilson's damn fault. We know Zach Wilson can't play, okay? So why aren't you using those two running backs? Yeah, see, to me, that's what I don't get. I I think you, you run first, and then if you can run the ball effectively, which you should be able to do with this line and these backs, then maybe you simplify some of the passing reads and he only has to throw occasionally, but maybe it sets up simple things like a play action, that kind of thing. Cause we saw like, listen, Gary Wilson took one short pass and took it to the house. Uh, and if you can run the ball effectively, then guess what? You got to try to put somebody else down in the box. People got to cheat down a little bit. And if you get a guy that can run wide open, then, you know, one of us can probably get the ball out there too. Uh, but to me, you have to go run heavy if you're the Jets. You have to go run heavy, make a team stop it. And to me, I think Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall should both have more touches 
and the quarterback has passing tips at the end of the day. I guarantee you that won't happen this weekend. I guarantee you that Zach Wilson throws the ball at least 30 times. Watch and see. We got about three minutes left, fellas. Uh, so that's uh, we we kind of wrapped everything up. We we hit the WNBA, we hit baseball, we hit college football a little bit, and the NFL. Talked about Mel Tucker tonight. Any last uh, little nuggets you guys want to throw in the grill as we try to get these uh, dishes cleaned up tonight at Roundtable Gumbo? Uh, no, I'm just gonna say, Ty, thanks for coming in, man. It's always fun getting to talk to you, bro. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, guys know what I say. If you're a veteran, family family member of a veteran, friend of a veteran, spouse of a veteran, uh, 988, option one. It's not always about suicide, although 22 veterans commit suicide every day. Just need somebody to talk to, understand you. Say yes to life. Say no to house guests. This has been the gumbo. <laughs> All right, TV Thomas, I'm going I'm to hit a couple things, and I'm going to defer to you to close it out, man, because you do it better than all of us. Uh, but much love and respect to you, man. Without you, it wouldn't be here. Uh, I know um, Iron Sharpens Iron, we we got to always push back and challenge each other, and we should. Uh, shout out to you. Shout out to Chandler, man. Uh, glad to have you in for the whole show again this week. Looking forward to uh, doing it again next Thursday night. We always bring spice on gumbo. Check out the website, man, sportscitychefs.com. Finger foods, articles, things always coming up. Anything from recaps of uh, some of our teams to fantasy, start, stardom, sit-em, fantasy sleepers, that kind of thing. All kinds of content up on the site. Uh, like, into, like any of our articles, share them as well. Uh, if you resonate with any of our shows, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes uh, when we come out with this good food to serve to you. Uh, during the week, we have three shows, all three at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday nights, NFL Front Office Show, Wednesday nights, College Cookout, and Thursday night, Roundtable Gumbo. Try to always bring the spice. And then TP and I and anybody else that wants to come in the kitchen with us on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we wrap it up for you, recap the weekend that was set the table for you for all the games that uh, are coming up on Sunday this past weekend. It was so much fun to be back and hearing him say, who do you like in this game and why? And being able to kind of recap everything uh, going on in the league. TP Thomas, man, I'm going to pass it to you to shut us down. Peace, y'all. If you are not keeping up with it, Debo Samuel is on the ground and not moving. I repeat, Debo Samuel has got knocked out of the game. He is on his back and not moving. Please stay tuned to this in this game and more. Uh, we'll be back here Sunday morning with the brunch cooking up. Uh, there's been talk about the campus tailgate getting back in motion. Please stay tuned because the Vermont are kicking off. Well, one is about to end pretty soon.